Hello, my name is Michaela Marshall. This is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is, of course, the Buffy podcast by a Scooby and a newbie. Hellmouth. Hellmouth. This is episode two, The Harvest. The Harvest. March 10th, 1997. It happened so early. I heard about The Harvest and I was like, oh, damn, that's going to be a good first season. They're like, it's tomorrow. (laughs) What? Right? You're you're kind of thinking like, oh, okay, like they're setting this up. Like, you know, maybe like mid-season we'll come back to this. But nope, literally tomorrow. Good thing Buffy got here right now. Right on time. Dang. She would have missed it. And it doesn't happen very often, so she's lucky. No, once in a century. Yeah, she's got some good timing, or her mom does, or the mystical energies do, or something. Yeah, there are a lot of energies going around. So we pick up from the cliffhanger from last time. And we see that crosses are totally OP. So Luke is on top of Buffy trying to bite her neck in the coffin and burns his hand somehow at that exact moment on her silver cross. Boom. Angel. Coming to the rescue. There's, I had a lot of problems with that. <laughs> I get that the premise of Luke is that he's really stupid. I mean, that's what this episode taught me anyways. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> But I just feel like it's a pretty big, shiny cross. And there's a lot of girl to grab that isn't cross. <laughs> right? And Not I mean, that I... she's big. Just, it's a small necklace. And I guess I get that he wants to grab her neck. He's all about, I mean, he's a vampire. They're all about necks. His sure. neck grabbing game is, I'm not sure it's on point. It is strange to say the least. Well, anyways, it was just the opening she needed. Yep. So we've got crosses ROP, so are kicks. Oh. Uh, she finds a steak somewhere in here. What does she make a steak out of? I mean, remember how he made two steaks? Yeah, it might be one of those. <laughs> it might be one of those. I, I've got written in my notes that steaks really are just everywhere. <laughs> I mean, shards of wood? Come on. Oh, I think she stakes him somehow. Oh, no, she doesn't stake him. No, no, no. She doesn't she, stake him at all. She runs away. Yeah, she runs away from this fight. I wrote stakes are really everywhere because she runs outside, needs a stake, and is like, a tree! Thank goodness! Yeah. And snaps a branch off of that and now has a handy stake. She's very good at snapping things to oh, make very stakes. Good. Last episode, she did this. Actually, you know no, what? It... Let's go into the first segment of the day. <laughs> I'm so what excited. we have right now is Miss Stakes Were Made. I've made a huge mistake. 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 I made a huge tiny mistake. I've never admitted to a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Michaela, would you kindly remind our viewers what mistakes were made is about? Of course. This is where we talk about all the stakes that Buffy made. There it is. The things around her. It's not that difficult to suss out. Good job. This one was... Pretty straightforward, I have to say. It was, very much so, but I liked the pun. So we've just seen her do this out of a pine tree. Yep. She does it, she did it last episode to threaten Cordelia. She got one off of a stool that was just sitting around. And like, yeah, she just like snaps it off. and She's got slayer strength, man. Although not strength enough to close a door, but slayer strength. Oh, don't get me started on that door scene. On that door. Mm, Anyways, we'll we'll get there. (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, and like, but like, it's one thing to break a leg of a chair or a stool or whatever in half. It's another to form like a perfect steak <laughs> from it, you know? I guess she's had practice. She makes steaks. That's what happens. She's uh, a steak later on maker. in this episode, she uses a pool cue, which Boom. I didn't think was okay. sharp enough. I, I wrote that exact thing down because, and like the end of a, okay, this is the other thing I have, I have trouble with. The end of a pool cue is arguably not wood. No, right? no, but it's not. I'm not sure if that matters. I think just the some, there something made of wood has to yeah. enter their heart and it doesn't necessarily have to be like the first thing that went in there. I don't know. Pool, I don't look at a pool cue and think, I think I could ram that through someone. Well, I think of it as like, you know, if you're looking for things to snap in half. <laughs> Don't you now have two stakes? I mean... Or this, many more. No, no. There are so many in a pool queue. We've established, once you break something in half, <laughs> it's not a stake anymore. Right. It has to be broken from a hole. Yeah. And then <laughs> the, that the rules is a stake. are complex. Yeah. She also... She does not use a mic stand as a stake. I thought she was going to sort of be disappointed when she didn't. We're, anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll circle back to this and uh, <laughs> and always see when she makes stakes out of shit, because I'm sure in this season it happens a lot. Oh, oh, it does. I think it'll uh, never stop happening. Because no. she always drops the stake she brings. Always. And or so it gets she kicked to, out of her hand. Mm-hmm, just to make another one. And it goes rolling way across the room. Well, I mean, they roll. That's... <laughs> one of the features of a steak truth she should get square steaks it sounds like a lot of whittling or triangular steak technology just (laughs) (laughs) i could i could really advance this field (laughs) so so buffy makes a a pine steak right and then goes and rescues willow and xander i think they've they've been beset by more vampires right as they were fleeing the crypt yeah just they ran straight into more vampires and it was sad like, in, in this episode, there's just vampires everywhere. Everywhere, man. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. But oh no, Jesse, the hero of our tale, has been captured. <laughs> but they're going to rescue him. Don't worry. Don't. But it just cuts to the next day. And I was like, they, wait, they just left him? They don't he, know where they took him. They were just in the mausoleum. Anyway. <laughs> so disappointed that they didn't go back for Jesse immediately. They could have saved him. But, I mean, they're gonna go back for him. I mean, yeah. he'll he'll break his own way out, and they'll come for him, and he'll be like, "Huh, I killed all those vampires." We have a vampire history lesson from Mister Exposition. Uh, sorry, oh, Giles. Yeah, this was this was really was this when he was wearing that cardigan, or is that later? I honestly don't know. I am not not Listen. quite on board with the fashion cast the same way you are. At some point, Giles was looking fly as hell. <laughs> I gotta say, I do see it. You say, like, hey, Anthony Stewart Head's a, a nice-looking man. And I'm like, you know what? You're not wrong. And, like, 43? That's not old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Giles delivers hella vampire exposition, talking about, yeah, how vampires were made. They're demons that have sort of left the Earth for now, but maybe they'll come back. Oh, no. Uh, I don't think we know anything more about the the master right now. No, at this point we don't. But like in in Giles' whole vampire exposition speech, he he goes over how vampires want to kill all humans, mm-hmm. which like makes sense to me. From like, let's say you were a bending unit <laughs> and you wanted to kill all humans, I get that. Yeah. But if you're a vampire and humans are your food, right? Why would you want to kill them all? 
I mean, pig's blood is kind of like, and yeah. that's what I mean. That's what Angel eats, right? Yeah, he gets it from the butcher. He's just like that right. weird guy who buys a lot of blood. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> that's his whole mystique. <laughs> so we have questions about vampires that are mostly answered by, frankly, like they're pretty well answered by the series. Yeah, they're. They they get a pretty good uh, base going. Mm-hmm. This time we still we're still left with a couple of questions, and yeah. maybe not everything that happens here is fully canon. Well, and it's I hard would to know. I would say that about the whole first season. There's <laughs> right. not a, like yeah. a ton of uh, canonical information, especially when it comes to the vampires and their relationships with one another. Mm, yeah, yeah. Darla's gonna say some stuff that's gonna be <laughs> pretty wrong. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, You'll have to tell me when that happens because I don't remember. Yeah, and well, the problem is too that like some of this information is from Buffy and some of it's from Angel. Right. So I've kind of got it all jumbled up in my head. Fair. Anyway, we pop down to the sewers and see that Jesse is not dead, which thank God they just left him. Who knows what would happen? Anyway. Throughout most of this scene, he looks unconcerned. He needs to be freaking the (laughs) fuck out right now. There's like, this he is so guy. calm. <laughs> He's just standing there. He is just standing there and going with, like, wherever the vampires want him to. Holy shit, Jesse, you need to be freaking out. Like, you need to be see... rescuing yourself. He can see what the master is doing with his hands. It yeah. is creepy, it is amazing, and it should be terrifying him. Absolutely. And then, like, they're just talking right in front of him about how like the master wanted to eat jesse but darla had already had a bit of a snack and that doesn't sit well and he's like eh, yeah i did guess that did happen the master then is like hey let's use this guy as bait and he's like that seems slightly unsettling and then luke comes over and like oh this is prime luke hand <laughs> neck stuff he's all about the neck i told he you he just reaches right into that neck and is like mm. Mm. Yeah, not Juicy. inappropriately touching Jesse, or at least yeah. his neck. And, like, uh, and Jesse's point, fine. Well, he starts to look a little worried about He's the neck touching. He's looking worried, yeah. Yeah, but, but I mean, still pretty unfair. You know that they want to use you as bait. Like, they were, they've were they been discussing eating you. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Uh, yeah. Maybe he's in shock. Maybe he has nerves of steel. Jesse's a hero. Jesse is a hero. He probably does have nerves of steel. He's <laughs> plotting his escape right now, and he knows that these fools won't be able to keep him in check. He's just waiting until they tell him their whole plan so that when he escapes, he'll know all of it. I had not named this segment up until now, but here we go. It's time for Mr. Monologue. What does Baron Von Ruthless do? He starts monologuing. He starts <laughs> monologuing. He starts like this prepared speech yeah. about how feeble I am. All right. Holy Jesus. I think you know what this segment is. Everyone knows what this segment is. We've done I mean... it so many times. <laughs> of course. Yep. All of the monologuing in this episode. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll bring it up again when it happens, but like masters doing it oh yeah like everyone is just talking about their evil plans it it's constant and like talking about them overdoing anything so i'm kind of oh no like i i oh i know the next the one of the other bad times we'll get there the master at least has been in some sort of blood pit for god knows how long uh 60 years three score like, but was he in the blood pit the whole time? Has he was oh. he just in? Was he like kicking it in there for 
for just like having a bath. Like I don't right. know. Anyway, he was sleeping. I don't know. He they okay. were talking about waking him up. So like he's got some things to say. Yeah. You know? He's yeah. he's been not talky for like sixty years. And although although we know what's happening in Jesse internally, mm. externally he doesn't seem to be showing any signs of really being a flight risk. So the master's <laughs> probably just like, eh, whatever. Eh, who cares? Uh, let's let's talk about this jackass uh, right in front oh, of him. Oh, man. But yeah, Mr. Monologue comes back mm, pretty hard. Pretty hard. So interspersed with all of the Jesse needs to be freaking the fuck out and they're talking about using him as bait, we're seeing the Scoobies getting together and trying to come up with a way to save Jesse. Little do they know, he's going to save himself. But we appreciate the effort. Yeah, they're, they're trying now. They're thinking, it's, how do we get underground? Right. Where would the it, vampires be? It is at this point in the episode that I start having screaming notes. <laughs> I'm pretty pumped about this. And it's just, ah, computer. Ah, they're talking about computers. Because, She's hacking. Oh boy, Willow is, as we will learn, an expert computer stress. <laughs> I don't, I think we can come up with a better word than that. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, this is Computress? the 21st century. No, it doesn't know. have to be gendered at all. No? She is a computerer. Mm, yes. She is one who computers. And oh boy, does she computer. Does she computer. Uh, they need to, like, get the plans to the city. And she's like, yo, I think I know a way. They're like, dang, all this is just, like, public information because she's pulling up, oh, the blueprints on the computer. Ugh. Gorgeous. I want that software that makes yep. those noises constantly while it's zooming and enhancing. I so <sighs> want that. Yeah, so she's apparently some sort of expert computer hacker mm-hmm. who broke into the municipal database or whatever. And Giles, really not a big fan of computers. Did you... Oh, is that the vibe you got? <laughs> <laughs> the, the line... I so love this line. And it is like the hit you over the head with his Britishness line. Yeah. But it's, maybe you could wrest some information from that dread machine. <laughs> Uh, that machine is is real good. It makes me so happy. I want to talk about that just at work. <laughs> I hope I that you that do. I want that to be how I how I speak in life. It's so good. Yeah. So I mean, this is going to come up a lot more times this season. Giles mm. hates computers. Books mm. are better. Anyways. Damn you, Dewey, and your decimal system. <laughs> but anyways, through Willow's hacking prowess, uh, they they get their plans, and then Buffy mm-hmm. has somewhere. She can go. Actually, no, they they kind of stew over it and then they figure out, oh, wait. Oh, and there's that really bad black and white flashback. Yes. Hey, remember this thing that happened like last episode, a.k.a. 20 minutes ago? (laughs) (laughs) And here is Luke showing up from behind you in the mausoleum to throw you into the wall, which, by the way, they they really like Terminator fight. If you've ever seen two Terminators go toe to toe. This is exactly how they fight. They just throw each other around. And this, yep, that's just how they do here. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Everyone's too strong for their own good, so they have to Terminator fight. And it only makes sense. Right. So Buffy susses out that, in fact, there's an entrance to their tunnels in the same mausoleum that the vampires were taking the kids to. Like, yeah. Big shocker. Duh. Right. Like, what did they think they wanted to do with them in the mausoleum? I don't know. Have a picnic? I don't. So Buffy's set to go out and and solve this shit to rescue Jesse, like Fucking he even needs Xander. it. Whatever. Oh God, no! Oh. Before we get to that, before we get to that, <laughs> the rage. <laughs> I want to say something that I really like. 
Mm. So it's California. It's yep. just like smack you over the head sunny. Oh, yeah. Basically all the time here, mm-hmm. which I really love because they do end up filming a lot of things at night necessitated by vampires and their inability to cope with sunlight. But you do have this like horror show that is then just contrasted against a uh, a really nice like sunny outdoor exterior. Constantly. Yeah, it's, it's like a cute little town. It's California. Everyone's happy. You've got that symbolism uh, that comes into play here and isn't, like, too terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's just well done. Uh, Flutie, the flutester, the principal, catches Buffy as she's leaving and is all mad and is like, you won't be going anywhere on my watch. I had a lot of And she just hops over the fence. So that fence... Have you ever like seen that fence before? 30 feet tall. Are we ever going to see that fence again? Is there a fence around the school? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the answer to all these questions is no. Oh. <laughs> oh. I was like, what the fuck is this fence? Where did it come from? Where on the school property is it? Like, why is there like a key for it? I, yeah. <laughs> I guess there would be a key, but like, would the principal carry it around? And would you lock it during the day? And like... Like other what students are allowed to, to leave, out? aren't they? I don't this know. Is bizarre. But like, anyway. if you think about think about the the front of the school, like where yeah. where the the skateboarding incident happened, that's oh, like yeah. on the road, right? Like, oh that's my god, where, that's what? where Buffy was dropped off. There is no fence there. There's not enough space for there to be a fence there. Where is this fence? Oh wow, it's really unpleasant. <laughs> it's far lazier than I thought. Maybe it's around back. But but. She's... But... Also, also, I love that it's framed this way because it's framed in such a way that Flutie walks in from the side of the screen. Mm-hmm. But Buffy <laughs> was then walking towards him. And just like, didn't see him lurking <laughs> by the fence. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not an opaque fence. <laughs> Everything, like, there's a lot of things wrong with this. Yeah. No, it's bad. Uh, but like, also, okay, Xander even if the fence is the, behind the school, there's no fence in front of the school. Yeah. So doesn't that make Why it does she need to hop an unreasonable fence? Like, okay, we're, I'm done with the fence now. Okay. Also, Xander gets around it in a scene that we don't see. Yeah. And Whatever. I mean, he's already had a freak out, but by this point. <laughs> yeah. About being inadequate. Yes. Which he is. Uh, but I like to see it sort of show up at this point. It's It's inadequate, but like, he seems to be blaming Buffy for saying that, like, he thinks that she is saying he is not enough of a man. To go rescue his friend. Yeah, no, that's basically what he says. been made very clear that these are vampires and she's the slayer. And, like, they have, he has seen the fact that she has super strength by this right. point. And so it's, this whole, like, whatever it is, this little trip he's on, is ju- everything about it is horrible. And, like, he's also making it about them as a relationship thing in a really weird way because he says... I'm not enough of a man for you or something like that. And it's like, what? And he's like known this person for less Less than than a day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. You know, they're not, they're not doing Xander any favors. No. He will traditionally struggle with being a useless character because he doesn't have magic or super strength. And so I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Especially once like everyone else around him has something going on. Yeah. But he's chilling there with Willow and Giles who also aren't doing a hell of a lot. Yeah. And just whining that, like, I don't know. I don't even know what it is he's whining about. No, no one does. So Xander's the worst. Oh, Willow does really well in that scene, though. In the scene of, like, shock of there are vampires. Mm-hmm. She has some really great, like, truly funny lines with the, I think I'm going to sit down. You are sitting. 
oh, good for me. <laughs> like, I love that sort of thing. And she does it so well. And then it's contrasted so poorly by Xander being like, oh, I'm not enough of a man for you. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're heavily Team Willow at this point. Oh, so much. God, Willow's the best. And that's why the unaired pilot doesn't work, because <laughs> somebody else is playing Willow. Also, I'll stress that I am, in fact, Team Jesse. <laughs> Secondarily, Team Willow. Oh, that was, that was close there. Right, so I think this is, this is my second... Oh, no, I think this might have to be third place. So Buffy, as she's leaving the school and going on her adventure, is, is wearing <laughs> shiny blue pants. <laughs> <laughs> just like a black shirt the black shirt is okay and then she's got yeah. some like some very yeah. light eyeshadow like very 90s eyeshadow <laughs> and like super circular small sunglasses on oh those <laughs> pants though yeah. yeah anyways some good 90s uh oh. so buffy makes it out of the school she's got mad hops she gets to the mausoleum <laughs> where obviously things are happening how did Angel get there? Right? Is he just <laughs> hanging around in the mausoleum all day? It's so day. he just shows up and is like daylight. St- silently standing there. It's daylight. Where how, the fuck did he come from? How? Because the place she wants to go into, like that leads to the underground, is it's locked. locked and chained. How did he get there? Is there another door? She goes in and there is literally a five second scene of her just looking around the mausoleum to be like, no one is here. Where did he come from? No one knows. It doesn't make... And he's still... She's still wearing the necklace at this point, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's never taking that thing off. I mean, it did save her life, because that idiot was in the necks. So I guess... (laughs) Good good on her. Yeah. Whatever, man. Yeah. So he shows up and is just cryptic as fuck and says that the other vampires don't like him. Cool, whatever. She breaks down the door and goes in. And hey, Xander shows up. Oh, no, no, no. First... Angel has a creepy whisper line. Oh, yes! <laughs> Before, like, when she leaves. And, and she's like, is... not even gonna wish me luck? <laughs> or, like, you could at least wish me good luck. He's like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, okay, that's creepy. We get it's it. It's so creepy. Ah. I'm having trouble calling him Angel. Yeah. I usually, well, he's not, once he starts getting all, like, mopey and broody, I call him Angie, generally. <laughs> <laughs> I support it. <laughs> so I'm probably just going to go with that. <laughs> so, yeah, Angel's a serious creeper. Xander shows up and is just so fucking useless. I don't know how he got out of the school. I wish he had stayed there. He's talking too much. He brought a flashlight for some stupid reason. He doesn't have any of the things that they were saying killed vampires. I don't understand. Oh, and before he shows up, there's like a really weird like POV shot. Of the rat? Like she, no, no, but then she's walking through the sewer and it like shows it from her perspective. Yeah. Like her like turning corners and stuff. And you're like, what am I playing? Doom? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like what is this? Some very strange cinematography (gasps) in this episode. And then there's a weird transition. Oh yeah. It's the, it's the pan to the, like, so it just sweeps from right to left. Right? What am I watching? Star Wars? Right? Like, God. Like, it wasn't as, like, it wasn't like a screen wipe, but. <laughs> it was I basically mean... that. They were just, like, panning away from the wall and used that wall as the thing that cleared the screen. Well, and they kind of did it in the first episode. The first time they go underground, they, oh, like, yeah. they like pan down 
Yes, they did. She, she oh, says like from the bushes. Yeah, and because she says like, "What's the worst evil there could be in Sunnydale?" And then like we pan down into the ground, which the looks so weird. I thought someone was hiding behind the bushes for way longer than I should have. Because you're like, because then would it just they cuts to black and then goes down underground to see the master. Yeah. So Xander shows up, and before he can do too much to fuck everything up, who do we see? Cordy, cord, cord, and what is she doing? What is she using? Listen, she's wearing an orange shirt that has the most ridiculous brown cuffs on it. They're like they're like big muff things at the end of her arm. Anyways, she's using. Her I don't computer. care what the fuck she's wearing because <laughs> she's using a computer and she says things like it's supposed to find the syntax and match it. <laughs> and the point is that she's bad at computers, but some of this stuff cannot be weathered. This will not stand. Brain. Mercedes McNabb, who plays Harmony in that scene with Cordelia, is born in 1980. She was actually 17 in this scene. Wow. I think she also tried to audition for Buffy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be weird. Uh, So the the fun tidbit that I'll throw in right here is that Sarah Michelle Gellar initially auditioned for Cordelia and whatever Cordelia's actress's name. Charisma Carpenter. Uh, That's the one. In fact, Mm -hmm. how did I forget? Originally auditioned for Buffy. Which is and pretty funny. I yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how that would have gone. That would be interesting. But I'm just gonna stop the scene and introduce a new segment. I think you'll have a bit more difficulty with this. Oh. Sorry. Bring it back to an old segment that we've done many times before. Of course. Which I will not have difficulty with because we've done it so many times. How could so I times. not know what it's about? That'd be foolish. Mm-hmm. It's a little segment that we like to call Extraordinary Abilities. That was amazing. Do you think so? Of course it was. It was extraordinary. It was quite extraordinary. <laughs> Can you remind us what that what that is? Uh, it's a, a comment on the extras in the background of the scene and what they're doing. Very well done. You basically summarized it. Did I really? So we have say, say you're an acting or you're an actor in LA or wherever this is being shot. You know, you're trying to make a name for yourself. You're going on 30, and mm. you see this thing come up for a high school student, and you're like, whatever. Agent sends the, the resume over. They like the cut of your jib. You get the part. It's great. You've got, like, five lines. You're going to, you know, play them over the top. You, you want to stand out a little bit. You're an extra. And you've got speaking lines. You know that those five lines will probably be cut down to one or two. So you just give it your all. And this is the story that I have made up about the guy in their computer class. He was cast because he encapsulates the 90s, first of all. (laughs) The things he's wearing are absurd. Anyways, (laughs) second of all, is he an extra if he had lines? Uh, mm. What is the definition there? He's never named, and I don't think he comes back. But if if he gets a credit, like, as, like computer lab guy or whatever <laughs> i think that would make him but anyways that's beside the point that's semantics. i'm not very good at this at the film industry so or he's the television got industry. like shoulder length straight hair yeah he's wearing some sort of lightly colored sweater with a collar i don't even know good he's got like a choker necklace on uh-huh and at least one medium-sized shiny hoop earring mm. and he's sort of got like a surfer thing going on 
don't know what voice he's doing. I love how he comes into the scene because Cordelia's talking to Harmony, her friend, telling her about how Buffy came at me yelling, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I swear. Uh, I swear. And then this guy just like his head first (laughs) pops around the computer monitor and he goes, who? You're like, what? Who? Who who the fuck is this guy? Hey, he just loves that juicy goss, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's like all high school boys. (laughs) Yeah, he's acting the shit out of this part because he knows it might be his last in this TV show. Yeah. Uh, And he pours all he can into like his one or two lines he has here. Hey. He's great. You never know. He could have been the Jonathan. I mean, he's not, but he could have been. Exactly, and that's what you want to you want to hit that. That's what you strive for, right? Everyone wants to be the Jonathan. And Willow sort of rounds this scene out by doing a computer prank. Although before she oh. does that, they try to cheat off of her, and she's just tapping very unconvincingly at a keyboard, and the word earthquake shows up in what it, we're taking as a web browser, and it's oh, it's so good. They're like, I don't know what she's doing. Anyway, they're being bitchy to her as usual. And uh, she rounds the scene out by saying that in order to save their work, they should press the deliver key, which is in fact the delete key. Some which quick thinking on her part. All of their work? Man. Yep. Shit was user hostile back in the 90s. Right. There's no control Z. No. 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 You, you lose gotta, everything. Gotta type it all again. Right, so back back to the... Well, they're not sewers, actually. Electrical oh, tunnels? electrical tunnels, yeah. Whatever. Meteor I've just got back in the sewers. Jesse's okay. Oh, I have... Thank goodness we were all worried about you. Did you feel like the way Jesse and Xander hugged each other was like... I don't know. Just not how teenage guys act? I didn't notice it, but what you're saying reminds me of the community, like... The commercial that they're trying to do for the school... Where they make Britta and uh, Troy hug uh, again and again, and it's over all of the takes. <laughs> so, like, how many times do you have to be told to hug someone before all semblance of hug is just gone? Right. And so I didn't have a problem with their hug. It just was like, I could see two 25-year-old dudes hugging like that. Two 16-year-old dudes. I don't know. I just feel like 16-year-old dudes don't hug each other. Tensions are running high. Jesse's been um, what, chained it's a, it's a life to or a death yeah. situation. Jesse's been chained to a pipe, and he's super glad to see Xander because Xander's going to rescue him. Although Xander's doing jack all. <laughs> there's there's so much first person stuff happening in this, like so oh, much point of view. Yeah, not a good idea. I guess the the like filming stuff was pretty pretty constrained in the well, tunnels that they were in. And part of it might be horror tropey. Yeah. Like, a lot of the yeah. shots, I was like, why are they doing this? And then I was like, oh, this is kind of horror. Yeah. Yeah. I can so see that. That's the only reason I could think of, because there was weird choices. Very. Weird choices. Buffy breaks Jesse out, and that's awesome. Pow. And and he knows the way out. He is the true hero. Um, they're being chased by a ton of incredibly slow vampires. Who have very shiny eyes. Very yeah. shiny eyes. The you, I didn't even see them in the first shot, and then it's just like, oh, there are eyes, eyes. down there. I guess that's why they didn't go down that way. Are they cats? Are they vampires? I think cats. A little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, they end up in what turns out to be a dead end. It's not even the way out at all. And very sad, Jesse's a vampire now. Student body count is at two. 
Or is this going to become Jesse the Vampire Slayer, where he is a vampire that is a slayer? So he's a vampire with a heart of gold? Yeah. It sounds absurd. (laughs) That could never happen in this TV show. That's a dumb idea. A vampire who helps the slayer? Come on. (laughs) That's stupid. There wouldn't be at least two of those. How do they, uh, they find out Jesse's a vampire. How do they get away from him? Uh, Buffy is trying to close a metal door, which we'll come to. Xander is very unbelieving and he's like, oh no, you're my buddy though. Uh, as Buffy's like, yo, cross his ass and just like stake him. Oh right, Xander has the cross. Yeah, Xander has the cross that Buffy gave him. And Super then effective, as always. Eventually, Buffy just ends this by grabbing Jesse and throwing him out into the hallway. Yeah. They, oh, the vampires are walking so slowly, and the teeth make it so hard for Jesse to talk. So Buffy gets rid of Jesse without staking him, and this mm-hmm. is good, because we know he will be the hero once they work out a cure for vampirism, which will probably be next episode. Yeah, things move at a pretty quick clip here. Yeah. Thankfully, in this dead-end tunnel, there are human-sized fence, because of course there are. Right? Like, <laughs> the vampires made this trap. They set the trap. They were like, oh, let's trap them in this room, because they can't get out of it. But nobody thought to look up, because no. humans can't climb. That's absurd. <gasps> Absolutely. So this door. Oh. There are a bunch of slow-ass vampires walking towards them. There's a door on the room, but it's made of metal, it's heavy stuck open or something it's stuck open it's rusted there i don't know maybe this was part of the trap door is not closable oh yeah buffy gets in there yep with slayer strength and can't budge it it's just it's not going anywhere it's never no one can move it the slayer can't move it no one can move it right so she's calling for xander to hurry up and get rid of jesse because she needs his help in closing the door right yeah that's how that works Maybe it's like, you know when you're trying to open, like, a jar? And you just need someone to budget, yeah. and then it goes the rest of the way? Yes, maybe it's like that. Right. So Jesse gets tossed out in the hallway, Xander shapes up enough to come and help her, and just immediately they start closing the door and it's fine. Yep. This yeah. is a feminist show. Like, this is this has strong female characters. It's past the Bechdel test in the first, like, five minutes. Which is not a very stringent test, but still. Like, it's doing better than a lot of other things. Like, I think it would even pass the sexy lamp test at this point, right? Possibly. Mm. I mean, I think I think that was maybe more about letting Xander feel like... Yeah, he, he has to do something. ...is a functioning member of this quote-unquote team. Yeah. And and now he can feel less inadequate or whatever. I don't know. Um, anyway, they, they get away. The vents lead to an exit tunnel somehow doesn't matter and they get up and vampires don't like sunlight and it's bright daylight out so good job then and xander because he is a skateboarder has a very skatery sort of chain hanging off his pants that uh-huh. just oh that bothered me a lot <laughs> i was like what's that doing there why does xander have that never again will we see that i feel like this show is going to make me more in tune with the fashion around me and that scares me i don't want that to happen it's like, I don't want to talk about it this much, but I wrote it all down, so I have to. You're the one who said that we would not be America's number one Buffy-themed fashion podcast, and now look what you're doing. I think what I said was, we can't market ourselves that way, because no one would listen to that. We just have to be that? Perfect. Listeners, this is what you're getting. <laughs> listen, if you were to take 
all the times I talk about fashion and add it all up, <laughs> it would probably not be, be less than half. <laughs> Definitely less than half. I've got the next scene just titled Giles susses it out. He's doing a, a lot of really good glasses work in this scene. Yep. He's really all about taking off and putting on his glasses <laughs> for dramatic he, effect. He cleans them, certainly. Ooh, he's, mm, yeah, he's all about that cleaning. I've, so, after just rebuking you for your fashion cast, <laughs> I have to bring up that Willow's overalls have really not aged well. She got that, is this when she's wearing the, like, orange stripy v-neck yep. shirt? Yeah. Yep. Under That's the overalls. Under the denim look. overalls. Yeah. Not good, Willow. Not good. I guess it, it's to make her look like a child? Yeah, I feel like overalls were a thing. And then yeah, recently really... were briefly a thing again, maybe? Mm. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Giles is, he's big into really horrible murders. <laughs> I mean, you big know, fan of him. he... He's just into things that are relevant to his job. <laughs> Which is horrible murders, mostly. He's a good researcher. <laughs> but yeah, they've got, got it worked out that the harvest is happening tonight. The master is going to appoint a vessel that can feed on souls and take them to help the master. He's stuck like a cork in a bottle in the Hellmouth as he's trying to open it. Didn't quite succeed in opening the Hellmouth yet. They do, they do call him a bottle cork, don't they? Yep. That's a yeah, weird... It's a very strange, strange thing to say. Yeah, it's it's super weird. Yeah, we've got a quick scene of Melty Face Muscle Arms, as I call him. He looks like he's... a 90s thug, is basically yeah. what's happening. With a really Everything, weird face. He's got, like, the, the tight t-shirt. Yep. He's got some sort of... I think there's, like, a necklace happening. It's fine. I think so, yeah. 90s thug all the way. Oh, boy. And then I wrote down, he gets a sweet taste of that master juice. <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Which disgusted me, but I think is accurate, yeah. It's totally accurate, yeah. yeah. Blood of my blood, we share thingamajigs. Which is, they already share blood, because there's a whole big sucking thing, as Buffy puts it in the first episode. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, he gets some more of that master juice. Yeah. And it really, it up. sucks him up, yeah. Like, he needs it. Jesus. That guy's been juicing for a while. <laughs> Buffy tells Willow and Giles the sad news about Jesse. And other than Xander, everyone seems to take it fairly cavalierly. Like, honestly, Xander still doesn't really seem that torn up about it. No, he kicks a garbage can. But yeah. no, everyone else is kind of like... I mean, they live in Sunnydale, right? Yeah. They, they're used to their friends and family being murdered suspiciously <laughs> all the time. <laughs> fair like there didn't used to be a slayer here yeah. right how many people died before buffy came Who i knows? mean those boys are still missing right yep i've noted that finally xander is on the vampires equal bad train although this note was written prematurely as it turns out but giles is really like yo jesse's dead <laughs> the thing that killed him is walking around in his skin and y'all gotta remember that and he's right. like yeah i get it Vampires are the worst. I really don't like them. He doesn't get it yet. He doesn't get it yet. He has no, no idea. He's good at Stupid later, idiot. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, no, it's, it's a good point, though, to remember, because, I mean, that's whole, like, vampires, you know, that's their whole thing is, yeah, it looks like that person that you right. knew. But it's not. But it's not. It's a demon. It's entirely a demon. They work out that the harvest is going to go down, and if there's one place in town to get human victims, 
It's the bronze. It is the only place. I think we've been over this already in the it first episode. Literally the only place. It is still the scene because there is no other scene or potential scenes. Yeah, it's it's real bad. Oh, I missed talking about Giles's whiteboard. Oh yeah. I feel yeah. like he never uses that again. And like what's written on it? I think there's like physics written on it. Like <laughs> like I don't know, but something that didn't really seem to have anything to do with the harvest. <laughs> I didn't take a good look at it, but yeah, that's that's distinctly possible. I don't know. He does have a whiteboard that I can't remember him using. He doesn't refer to it. Time. It just has like vague things. He also draws the, the he draws the like vessel sign on it. Oh, the thing yeah. that'll be on Luke's forehead. Buffy's not gonna need that. <laughs> really indistinctly. Yeah. Anyway. It's not gonna matter. We all no, know why. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, so Buffy needs to dust Melty Face is basically the the plan. They're gonna yeah. go to the bronze. But Buffy needs supplies before she goes. Mm-hmm important stuff i i really like this scene oh oh yeah yeah i liked it a lot because buffy goes home and promptly gets grounded because her mom's like where have you been you've been missing school you didn't come back at a good time last night this is already happening the same way it happened the last time we were or the last place we were i need to shut this down because you know what the tapes have been telling joyce (laughs) that she needs to say no more yep i did like that part that's a key key feature of this scene but yeah it's great she's just grounded the slayer yeah and it's part of the slayer like secret identity thing that she doesn't tell her mom that no this is actually the end of the world and i love that joyce is just like everything seems like it's life or death when you're 16 uh it's so good but mom it is life (laughs) or death (laughs) like there's nothing that buffy can reasonably say in any reasonable amount of time that would solve this in any way No. no Absolutely not. It's so good. But yeah, Buffy grabs some steaks and some like holy water and okay. other nonsense. What was, there was like a like a big glass jar full of what looked like small white discs. Did oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw what? that. I thought those were garlic before I saw the actual garlic. Because she had just like clothes of garlic kicking around. Okay. And then she had these white discs. Theory. Communion wafers. <laughs> This is a serious theory. I don't know why you're laughing. I'm laughing because I'm so on board. That has to be what it is. It is, right? They're they're like sanctified. The yeah. flesh of Christ. Vampires I mean, like, don't like, like that the as holy a snack. water, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you just she gotta get like, some hardcore wine in there. Blood you of Christ just too. Somehow get the communion wafer into the vampire's <laughs> mouth. They will not be happy with that Scooby <laughs> snack. Okay, so yeah. But I mean, Buffy doesn't need the communion wafers for this. Not this time, apparently. Nor the garlic, which they're just whole cloves. I don't know how long garlic lasts, yo. Like, if you just got garlic sitting around, it doesn't really smell, I guess. No. Not until you, like, open it up. Yeah. It's pretty weird. She's fully decked out, including a steak thing down her sleeve. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that come back? Well, she gives all her weapons away later and then still has a steak on her after she takes her coat off. Okay. So it's confusing yeah to put it fair. nicely oh right mm, we go to the bronze this is something that pains me deeply in all of the best ways it's cordelia introducing the bronze by saying that all of the guys in her grade are children oh yeah and that she can only date senior guys from now on she her outfit is amazing though is it tell me she, about it she's got like her hair oh my god she's got like one small piece on each side of her face 
coming down his bangs. Yes, she does. And the rest does. of it's sort of like like half up, super 90s. <laughs> and then she's wearing like a matching long-sleeved crop top mini skirt <laughs> boot combo that is just amazing. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh, yes, so Cordelia is great and mm-hmm. everyone loves her and all the things she does. Everything uh, she says is super reasonable and amazing. Her friend tries to get half a sentence out <laughs> and is just shut down immediately. Immediately. Uh, it's so good. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, really big fan of that. Yep. And then our our hero, Jesse. Jesse. He shows up. Shows up after Cordelia has done five to ten seconds of dancing yep. and is now thoroughly worn out. Well, the song that she loved was over. It's true. She only caught the end. So. She seems to really be like, whew. Like, that was a lot of exertion. <laughs> she needs to get her cardio up, okay? Yeah, she really does. But yeah, Jesse is here, and everyone's happy. He's looking badass. He's got his hair's all, like, slicked back. In, like, He's a got cool a different way. shirt. Yep. He's really creepy looking at Korakora, though. Like, yep. mm, you could do better, This entire thing is so, so rapey. Oh, very rapey. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. He goes and grabs Cordelia as she's going to get a drink. And she's like, no, I don't want to dance with you. And he just tells her to shut up and grabs her close. And she's like, "Mm, okay. Which. Yeah. No, when she just like went along with that, I was. That's where it's real problematic. Pretty upset. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. And this is another thing that I was just like, this would not fly today. No, it's supposed to just show what sort of person she is, but it's really not good. And I think it it also is supposed to sort of like show the transformation of Jesse to like, now he's confident. Right. But in the most horrible and pretty rapey way. Like literally the worst way possible. Yeah. Yeah. More vampires show up at the bronze. Yo, that bouncer at the bronze was ripped. He also needs to put up more of a goddamn fight. Like, why is he so ripped if he's not going to punch <laughs> or something? You right? Know? He's like, yo, I need some ID. And they're like, you go inside. He's like, oh, all right. Because I don't like, think that, like, they really glamour people. I don't think that's their jam. No. And, and they were all filthy vamp face at that point, too. Which could have saved that. I love this because the vampires run in. They turn off the lights, and then Melty Face starts talking from the stage oh, and actually yeah. turns lights on. And this is where we come back to Mr. Monologue, because <laughs> he takes his damn time about monologuing, about how they're all doomed, and this will be the most holy of sacrifices. It just goes on so long of him not doing anything. I mean, maybe the more he talks, the more potent Power. <laughs> yeah. the the transfer will be from him to the master. That's got to be it. There's like, no other explanation for why he didn't just go in and start biting people immediately. Like just like killing as many Indiscriminately. people as possible. All, and again, just like Jesse, all the kids at the bronze are like, hmm, this doesn't seem optimal. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, don't do anything. There's so many of them. There's so many of them. If they worked together. Or at least, like, yelled and ran around a bit. Right? Like, any sort of panic would probably... Some of them would get away. Yep. But no, they don't. The vamps also aren't good at organizing people to be, like, lambs to the slaughter. They're just letting them wander wherever they want. And I'm like, no, you get, like, the conga line of death that leads up to the stage. So that 
Melty Face can kill them. Right? They've not thought this through. I think maybe maybe they're overconfident. Yeah. They've, who knows how long they've been kind of kicking it in Sunnydale with and it's no not one like giving they know, them any problems. It's not like they know that there's a Slayer around. Actually, yeah. At this point, the Master has, has said that he thinks it's a Slayer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they fully know it's a Slayer. Right. Maybe... He wants them to... He wants Melty Face to eat the Slayer for him. Yeah, maybe they don't know how powerful Slayers are. I don't, I really don't know. There's some sort of (laughs) underestimation happening. Ah. So the door to the bronze has been locked cleverly by the vampires. Scoobies have to split up to get in. So most of them go around to the back door and Buffy crawls in a vent or something. I don't know. First she gives all her weapons away. Yeah. Then she does to the roof I don't yeah I know because she ends up in in the catwalk yeah so up to the roof somehow yeah Uh, Spider-Man up the wall whatever Melty Face manages to kill the bouncer in this time yep so that's our body count up to three again with the like real creepy hand on the neck work like he grabs this guy's face down into his bicep (laughs) like really gently just sort of caringly and then it's like, ooh, neck. Um, nom, 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 nom. And then he manages to drain this man's blood and have a clean face. Yeah. And there's the neck is clean. There's yep. he he did all not the blood waste, went into him. He didn't waste any blood. Exactly. He's don't not spill a, a drop. Yeah. You, they don't have many people. It's only like two hundred people in this club. Well, and from the discussion he had with the master, didn't it sound like the master was gaining? power not from like volume of blood from, but but from, from souls yeah number of people killed yep. so yeah couldn't yeah. he just like snap everybody's neck right anyway maybe it doesn't work that way who knows <laughs> we get some nice buffy intro she throws one of the minions off the catwalk and has some really nice sound effects as she's doing stunts <laughs> the flipping noises are on point absolutely and she does a lot of really really unreasonable stuff with the objects around her (laughs) are you thinking possibly of her decapitating a vampire with a symbol yeah i wrote down are symbols sharp enough to behead someone (laughs) there's some real good symbolism there uh and then xander delivers his stupid bond one-liner of heads up and then does jack all else uh i love it because the scoobies have gotten through the back door which was also locked Somehow. I don't know. But they got in. They got in. (laughs) They do the shittest job of clearing this place. They all run in and then just go, come on, this way, everyone out. Come on, let's go. And everyone just starts leaving pretty orderly. They're like jogging. But but look what they have to work with, right? (laughs) The room full of people who were lining up to be murdered, basically. I guess. I mean, like, Uh, (laughs) Cordy struggles a bit, at least. Only once she's on the stage. Yeah. Like, she gets taken away from Jesse, and, yeah, is apparently okay with that, because Jesse's now all vamp-facey. Which she doesn't seem that concerned about. No. Led up onto the stage, and then the melty face... Oh, I think we've had another person bite the dust here. Yeah, I think there was a girl. Yeah, there's a girl. After the bouncer, so that's... Then yeah. we're at four. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Cordelia gets brought up and then starts screaming, and Buffy comes in to save the day. This is where Buffy also kills a vampire with a pool cue. Yep. Uh, completely off screen so they could save on effects and oh, just have yeah, someone no. hold the pool cue, shake it around a bit, and then lift it off screen. Real good. Mm-hmm. Real good. Mm-hmm. So we we have here 
Darla getting holy watered and running away. We will probably see her later. Right, that was a device to save her for later, yeah. essentially. And Jesse starts struggling with Cordelia after Melty Face is occupied with Buffy. Uh, Xander shows up and is like, yo man, don't make me do it. I know you're still you. And like, no, Xander. He just people have been telling you for a solid day. That said. In the clearest words possible. And like, Jesse's in vamp face at this point. He is fully vampire. Yeah. And he turns around and he's like, yo, what up? All the slow fight, all the slow fight, because Jesse is just not in any hurry to kill anyone. And then, ah, everything is ruined. A girl, ah, this, this is so painful. Je- Jesse and Xander are standing face to face. Xander has a stake pointed at Jesse's heart, but doesn't have the gall or the guts to actually dust him. No. Jesse's making fun of him for this, and a terrified civilian runs past bumps into Jesse so gently and knocks him onto the stake that Xander is holding, thus freeing Xander from having to choose, which it's not a choice. He's a vampire. Anyway, and also killing Jesse, like, dusted for sure in the lamest way possible. Yeah, and again, after this happens, Xander doesn't seem so torn up about it. I I don't know. And, And like... He was on the fence as to whether or not Jesse was evil and, like, wasn't going to kill him. And now he's been killed in front of him, sort of by him. And he's kind of just like, well, that takes care of that. Let's move on. This show is a travesty with no sense of justice. (laughs) On that point, uh, we have Buffy versus Luke, the, the battle of the century, or at least... The Battle of Two Episodes. I mean, I would say the Battle of the Century, because the harvest only happens once a True. century. So yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, this is actually pretty well done. The fight itself is pretty slow. They're going to get better at this. But I do like how she kills him. Do you, though? Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. How can he be that stupid? Because he's real stupid. It's Listen, so good. I get that he's real stupid, but he's been there for, like, 20 minutes. Sure, he's been talking the whole time, but, like, he probably left his little vampire cave as the sun was setting. Took him, let's say, half an hour to get here. So, like, it's been an hour since the sun set. And he just, like, forgot? Buffy gets some distance between them, picks up a mic stand, and he's like, Ha! That's not made of wood. Metal can't hurt vampires, which is cool. Some vampire lore. And she's like, no, sunlight can. Throws it through the window, which has been blacked out. Boom. Sunlight starts pouring in, framing Buffy. Luke is like, ah, it burns. And then looks at his hands, realizes he's not burning. He looks outside. It's a floodlight. Buffy stakes him from behind, dusting him. Boom. Yeah. I, when Buffy initially said sunlight can, I was like, how long has it? What? What time is it? And then I was like, oh, clever. So I'm, I'm on board with this. I mean... You clearly aren't. It's just... I, I'm all for, like, ah, oh, this guy's clearly really stupid. He grabbed my neck when I was wearing a cross <laughs> necklace. I'm gonna use that against him. Okay, sure. I see how you got there. I just feel like if most of the day there was a thing outside that could kill me, I'd probably have a pretty good sense of when that thing was not in the sky. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, this this is all lazy. 
right? Like, beyond lazy, this is not good writing in the sense of we need to have a conflict that is then resolved somehow. And it seems like a neat, neat trick, you know, Buffy's sort of using her head. You get the, the fun scene of Luke being like, ah, wait a minute. And I, I like that shot, but it is fundamentally lazy, yes. And I mean, I guess it's more creative than they fight and she beats him, you know? <laughs> yeah, gotta have something to end the fight with. <sighs> yeah, but anyways, so he's gone and then the rest of the vampires are like, oh crap, well... Yep. That's that's us done for. Yeah. And then Angel is lurking outside. Yes. Could he have helped? God, I forgot about this. Yeah, oh. he's just lurking out there, nope, he's just watching lurking. the vampires run away, being like, "Huh." She really did it. Oh, God. Like he, like he. So so basically, he didn't think she could do it, and thought the world was going to end, and thought to himself, "I'll just wait and see." You know, maybe. Mm. Maybe I'll help if, like, it seems like it's not going so well. I don't know. I don't know what his plan was. Mm. It was very, like, he, it, he's sort of having Giles problems in that he's really not acting like Angel right now. Yeah. But to put a little bow on the episode, we have uh, Xander saying that everything has changed now. And then smash cut to the next day where it is clear that nothing has changed. Cordelia thinks it all it was all a, a gang war that got out of hand thinks Buffy is super weird for having known some of these gang members <laughs> <laughs> and and really nothing has changed and they walk away doing a bit of like classic dialogue and Giles says that the world is doomed and where our apocalypse count is at one yeah there's, there's a lot of counts happening. that is a very good count to have in this show it really is yeah it's gonna it's gonna get surprisingly high very high they usually have, I mean, they always have at least one per season. Oh, yeah. And, and like, we've already had one in the second <laughs> Two episode. Episodes. So yeah. I think we're we're on track. Now, they're good at the apocalypses and the averting thereof, generally. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this has set us up. We've got no more Melty Face. Although, you said that he'll be back. And, yeah, I read that his the actor comes back. Yeah, because, basically, something happens where they're like, oh, crap, we need a guy to play this guy. And they're like, oh, well, we already have a... A mold of Melty Face's yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, I read that. Like they had the makeup, and that yep. was their hiring decision. Yep. Oh, I love TV. Sometimes it can but be so shit. He 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 ends up looking different enough because he's under like yeah. more makeup when he yeah. comes back. It's you know you work with what you have, right? Certainly. But Melty Face is gone. The master is still there, although royally pissed at you know not getting out right now. He'll have to work on a new plan. Darla got away. I don't know if she's, like, horribly burned at this point after the holy water. Other than that, bad guys is basically Cordelia and Flutie, sort of Buffy's mom. And, like, I mean, Flutie is trying to be helpful. Yeah. Because at first he's, you know, saying, oh, you know, we, we don't want to look at your past. You know, It's a totally a clean, clean slate. slate. And then he reads the slate. He's like, oh. <laughs> Better not erase well, all of this. Yeah, there's some bad shit on here. Burned <laughs> down a gym. Yeah. That's it's a hell of a slate. Yeah, and so then he, he rethinks that a little bit. But, you know, overall, it could be worse. But this is really just starting things off with a bad guy, a sub-bad guy to, like, see later on, and then more or less a clean starting place for them to have really episodic adventures uh, that sort of tie into the rest of the plot. Yeah, I I was I had trouble a lot of trouble with that last scene. 
It was just so cliche. It's so put a bow on it. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. And I mean, I get why, because especially with a, with a two-parter like this, you want to make people feel like, yeah, there was a conclusion. Right. And you, But yet, you know, the adventure continues. The, yeah, the adventure continues. So, overall, still pretty solid, I would yeah. say. Yeah. For a first season like this, I don't think there's too much difference in quality between the first two episodes. Uh, no. They really are re- written as a continuous thing. This is a, just a lot of resolving what was set up in the last time, or yeah. in the last episode. Yeah. Giles got stuck with basically all the exposition this time. Yeah, and very like, little else 100%. to do in the episode. Yeah, that's okay. He'll 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 break out. Xander hopefully will eventually become decent. Oh man! So I'm looking at my notes, uh-huh. and I wrote something really sarcastic that, <laughs> on paper, does not look sarcastic. It makes me look like a horrible person. I'm gonna read it to you now. I do wrote it. down: Jesse is so much hotter now that he won't take no for an answer. <laughs> oh. oh God. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so <laughs> it's not a serious statement, but no. on paper it looks pretty serious. I'm glad you read that and not me. Right? Yeah, you can't be reading that. I can't be saying anything like that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's super appropriate, though. It That's oddly what the writers are going for. No, like, that was kind of the message, and that's why I sarcastically wrote it, right? Because I'm kind of like, this is what we're doing, this is what this scene is, and I hate it. Yep, absolutely. (sighs) How horrific. Okay, so the next episode. Oh, yeah, right. Right, so you haven't watched it yet, right? No. So you haven't seen it in arguably seven years. Correct. So, it's called Witch. Does that bring back any memories? Not a single thing is happening. Okay, so let's say that someone at the school is a witch. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some magic that yeah. maybe happens. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's Willow. No. <laughs> oh. And, okay, I think the other piece of information I'm going to give you is that Buffy tries to get into cheerleading. Okay. <laughs> and those are kind of the, the main things. So That that's sounds not... like such a great B-plot. Oh, listen. Who doesn't love cheerleading, right? <laughs> so feminine. It does seem weird that Buffy isn't a cheerleader in some ways, because that is the classic prey for horrible monsters. Yeah. I, I remember nothing about this episode. Okay, uh, good. If you're saying someone at the school uses magic and it's not Willow, I know it's not Tara. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe okay. if we've seen them before, then that narrows it down to like, cordelia and harmony or computer extra in which case oh man he is the new hero that we all need (laughs) well i'm not gonna ruin it for you (laughs) i'm looking forward to watching it oh you shouldn't be (laughs) (laughs) and throughout all of this first season this is definitely something i'll be thinking about (laughs) joss has not had a good history with having shows canceled but this is the sort of thing where should this show have gone on to a second season with what the first season is, is there any reason for that to happen other than, I guess it was a small network and they had the space for it? So for every episode that we watch, I want to say, if this is the season so far, do I renew it for a second season? I mean, things were a lot different, you know? <laughs> like, things now get cancelled so fast. Absolutely. Based on what we've seen, and with a fairly charitable take on this... Like it's in the past, 
I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? These two episodes show some promise. I would like to see what their next adventures are. And maybe that's a problem because it does lead into the episodic shit. And yeah, which is what they they were setting up for sure. Okay, so it it was WB and then it got picked up by UPN. So yeah, small networks. Yes. So fairly charitable small networks. I'm going to say, let's continue with this show for now. Let's see how the rest of the season falls out, and then we can make a decision. I don't know how it did ratings-wise. I looked a little bit at this and saw that it was not very well-watched, but fairly well-liked. Yeah, which is normally, you know, the network doesn't really care about that. No. Although... But for a smaller network, you're not expecting to get the same number of viewers. So maybe... And sometimes they try to, to leave stuff on. Like, I mean... There's no, there's no reason that Hannibal should have been on three seasons <laughs> on NBC. Like, there's no way it was being the numbers for that. Right. But, uh, but here we are. So yeah, we're set up for future episodes. Uh, I'm going to watch The Witch at some point. Yeah, you should. And I'm going to watch it too. Unfortunately, we will be back to talk about that. <laughs> Personally, I can't wait. It'll probably be the best television. Oh my god, I'm behind on so much good television. <laughs> <sighs> this will get good. It'll get so good, and I just have to keep remembering that. Yeah. So that's it for us, and for now, farewell from the Hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.